Hello, I'm Marilyn, and you're listening to Lead Your Day with me. But all month, I'm calling this podcast Show Off because I'm taking advantage, yeah, taking advantage of International Women's Day as an opportunity to celebrate everyday women. In other words, to show them off. Because women, we're not that good sometimes at stepping into the light and really embodying our confidence. So I'm taking this opportunity to show off everyday women of all sorts all over the world. And today I'm showing off Agnieszka from Poland. She has a very unique business and she's really spreading her light in a really difficult part of the world right now. I'm excited to share this beautiful chat with you. On with the show. Welcome to the show, Agnieszka. Yeah, hello, Berlin. I'm so glad you've pronounced Agnieszka like my Polish background. Ah. It's really hard for international pronunciation, but you just nailed it. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's great. Now, we are Zooming all around the world. I even thought today that I should actually put the nationality of everyone because seriously, we're... Go- we're uh, country hopping and I just love it because my you know my heart is lead your world so we're definitely leading we're definitely going around the world so we know each other through a mastermind Uh, I've been a coach of yours uh, but you're you're an amazing woman with a with with an interesting uh, career business enterprise can you uh, yes do the formal stuff who are you where you are in the world where are you in Poland and what is it that you do what's your wow yeah, I'm so privileged to be here. Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, I'm based in Poland, Poznań, to be exact. But I kind of feel international with what I do. My background is architecture, like over a decade owning my own studio, but then pivoted into all things that actually led me to architecture, all things crafty. So today I lead handmade workshops and I like to call them a platform for simple mm. talk, just creating the space for people to talk. It's based, it's based in Poland. So obviously that's in Polish, that's the main business. So here we've got crafting courses, workshops and base support for handmade artists. But we also ooze out into international because we also host those workshops in English and I'm so proud that it turned out to be a tool to cope with you know Mm. pandemic and all the things happening now because it just creates the space for talking like in corporate individual simple talk yeah so that's basically what I do bring people together over crafting in order to talk Uh, all week in fact all month we've been celebrating women who in your life have has influenced you the most growing up, perhaps now, uh, dead or alive? Yeah, thank you for this question. You know, I've been preparing for this talk and it turned out that there are so many amazing icons, Mm -hmm. women and men both. That is really so hard to pick, but I found a pattern and I'm so grateful for you for that because in a way I see that the closest women I knew, like first Mm -hmm. women you get to know, mom, grandma, they are the most influential icons for me. And, you know, I could go into all things that, that we usually take from, from, you know, our parents, grandparents. But, you know, to me, they were the one that implanted this kindness and loving and like open hearted approach towards people. So in a way, now I see that they are the most influential mentors for me. Not only they imprinted this love for crafting, like handmade, that was like breeding in our house, right? Like in our home. But also they taught me 
how it is to just open up your mind and your heart towards other people because every single person can be your mentor you never know and it turned out that when I started looking for those icon like business icons or mentors that influenced me it turned out that I kind of chosen them in opposition to what I had at home so my mom was this you know stay at home mom it was always about being together, talking, like, you know, crafting and things like that. So in a way, I looked for the mm. opposite of the spectrum. So I've looked for, you know, strong biz ladies, like really powerful, maybe like kind of men's mm -hmm. influence, mm -hmm. like male energy style. And yeah, that, that's how we met. Like it's in Sigrun's world, like she was really influential mentor for me. Like uh, she gave me all the online business tools. And then I found like Jim Ford and Dennis Duffy Thomas, all those names. But in fact, I met those mentors in that community. So in a way, I, I still see Sigrun as this person that opened up my mind for what is possible and introduced me to this magnificent community where I met you, like you've been my coach, like in the program. And you also have this ability to create this space for community so in a way you know you asked me for a mentor but now when I look at it from the perspective it's more about being mm. in a community of like-minded women and maybe treating them as mentors but also allowing myself to kind of feel as a mentor for them and when I discovered that it turned out that it's all about looking for balance within me and finding a mentor that is right for mm. the right moment, kind of realizing what do I need at that point in order to grow and actively looking or asking for help. So to me, a mentor in that case, it's actually you. You've showed us in the oh. program how you coached <laughs> us and you know how you've, you've mentored us. You always showed us like, it's okay to realize that you don't know something, that you need an answer. And then stop, pause, and think of a person that could lead you the way you want to be led or get you to the place you want to go. So, yeah, I'm so grateful for that because, you know, answering to the question about mentor, I feel that there are so many mentors, but there's always mm. the pattern. There's this openness to mm. being a mentee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like you grew up in a fairly traditional family in Poland, and yet you went a fairly non-traditional for girls path, architecture, entrepreneurism. How did you find that and how was that received and did you get any resistance? Yeah, that's a really long story. You know, I've been like socialized and taught to be, you know, a good girl, a Catholic, a good mm -hmm. wife and a mom. And that's my place at like, you know, at home homestead mom that that's what I was like brought up socialized to and there was nothing wrong with it I felt my mom my grandma they were happy in those roles and I had beautiful role modeling in that but in a way I was always this child looking for something more like playing with the guys mm. like always being the leader at the playground like maybe not everybody liked me because I was so you know bossy and all those things but I always had it in me I loved being at stage shining being loud like and in a way, I found this, this, this role in becoming an architect. I dreamt about it from being a child, like uh, doing those doll houses and, you know, maybe crocheting those tiny little pillows, <laughs> right? That, that was something like that connected architecture to crafting. 
but it was also about the story of running around in high heel shoes, breaking got the mm. glass ceilings, you know, being important, having a voice, being more than than my mom and my grandma was. And I was really happy, satisfied for over a decade. But only when I had this pause in my private life, when I wanted to become a mom and the softer side wanted to, you know, come to life, I realized that I've been kind of, you know, pretending, proving myself, proving myself towards others, like all the time, you know, being stiff, being like strong, being double smart. And I was just tired with that. And that was Mm. the first time in my life when I stopped, paused and said, hey, but I'm also, there's this feminine side to me. And I was like, you know, being away from that for so long that when I rediscovered all things that led me to architecture, all things crafty, like I started sculpting, painting, you know, crocheting, knitting again. And I, on the one side, I discovered that this bridge that connected to my own children, like created the same thing that was so precious for me when I was a child. But also I, I discovered how much of an, bridge towards other people like to be open to other people it is because I remember crafting with my grandma with my mom with neighbors coming in like chatting over a coffee over a tea and like in those crazy pacing world we've got no time to just talk to strangers like open our heads to other perspective points of view and I said shit I could do that but like in modern way like you know that's why now you know on zoom leading those crafting workshops of course I've got a huge team now so there are ladies doing other you know crafting techniques but it all started with me crocheting over zoom and just talking to random people because it turns out that we allow ourselves to be really vulnerable and you know soft when we don't have to pretend and I've built this you know (laughs) like this strong uh, image of myself towards others when I was an architect that it was really so easy to pivot to what I do now Mm. because now I feel I don't have to pretend I could be myself all the time and that's so Mm. cool (laughs) have you found well I know the answer to this because I've had this conversation but I'll be to share have you found a correlation between stepping into your wow into your you know who you are and your income yeah totally you know that was mind-blowing thing for me because you know when I was doing those I don't know five six figures invoices when I was an architect I had a whole drawer of diplomas and you know international studies and all of that so that was like kind of easy but then when I started leading those workshops and it obviously started just like going to a cafe inviting five Mm -hmm. you know mummies and just like crafting together So I had this money mindset issue, like huge issue. How can I take money for that? It was like my granny that taught me that. Like I've got no (laughs) university or, you know, technical school diploma for that. And that was a huge work to be done in order to perceive the value in what I do. When I started cooperating also with therapists and people that like allowed me to understand where is my work because I'm not a therapist. I don't want to do that work, but how I can like spot something and then lead that person to the right, you know, support or something. When I saw how much of an importance that work is and there's like nobody starting this journey because you either go to a therapist or you just on your own. There's no like something in between and there's like, our workshops come there. People just talk and they like kind of listen that maybe I should get help or something. Then I realized how much of important it is. And there was huge work 
to understand the value of what I do. And in a way that allowed me to really have this huge jump in the business. Then I started doing that as a proper business. It stops being just walking around, like going out of the home in order to be free from, you know, kids time and being a mummy. It started to be a real business. I hired people, invested in, you know, Sigrun's program where I was taught all the handmade, uh, like handmade um, online business tools. So then I created online courses, so crocheting, knitting, and all those courses. So that gave me the leverage to, you know, have bigger impact within income. But also when I saw that those are not only individual workshops, but I could offer them to big companies that are, especially now after COVID, they're struggling with, you know, home office and like needing, desperately needing the space because there's no you know, office kitchen where we could just chat, then I provide this space where employees can just chat, you know, cross, uh, cross structure, uh, network and things like that. I saw, oh my God, like that led me to things that I would never suspect is hidden and mm. that this handmade is such a powerful tool. And I'm still like discovering new ways of using this, you know, simple tool just meeting people over crafting workshops and to be honest now when I invoice like you know some deals I'm so shocked because it comes so easy and natural it's all in my you know like in my zone it gives me joy and fun and doing that things feels like a real mission but at the Mm -hmm. same time the money that came with it just shocked me like now we're like five people family I've got three kids now like in the center of Poznan like with a huge flat that I thought it's just for you know chosen one better people like I was like designing those houses for other clients but I never was able to afford it myself (laughs) and now I live this life and you know sometimes it feels so surreal that it was so easy to just do what your hearts tell you like this this silent whisper telling you that's your thing just do it and it's so easy right yes <laughs> absolutely you talk about uh your work from the community we just shared about it from a very community networking um, belonging place but I know you also got a strong message about the value of handmade and you recently did a TED talk yeah uh, about that can you share the gist of that that talk yeah thank you for this question like you know when you think of handmade or even like I asked this question like what comes to your mind when you think handmade like even our listeners you probably mm-hmm. have some something tangible right like knitting mm-hmm. knitted sweater or like a you know fancy socks that your grandma gave you for Christmas or maybe like a, some piece of furniture which is like really designed and you yep. want to show it to your neighbors to make them jealous right but it's usually a product a thing that like a tangible thing that you can take in your hands but in this TEDx talk I wanted to draw attention also to the process which is so close when we talk about handmade workshops like And the idea behind the process is that you like define a goal. It's really easy. It's like five steps, let's say. Like you just define a goal. So let's say you want to create a scarf. Then you prepare. So you have to like kind of get some materials, maybe some wool or knitting sticks. And then you just start. And it's like, we always have those excuses not to do that, right? But if you just push yourself and start, it turns out that it's 
not yet the success. Like you have to tangle and untangle and you don't know how to create that loop. And you maybe have to ask for support. Maybe you go to crafting workshops or maybe you like join some course, like, or you have support of your friends or a granny, right? And then you make mistakes and you untangle and tangle again. And before you finish, like there's so much going on. And in a way to me, it's like a metaphor of the Mm. things we do in life. Like if we're daring enough to try a new skill like knitting or like anything like so there's this metaphor towards the process that gives us this permission to be imperfect to make mistakes to like by being imperfect you actually perfect your work and in order to finish your scarf you have to untangle again and again again and to make it really pretty and you have to ask for help and like In a way, I feel that it's so easy with crafting um, workshops or crafting skills, remind ourselves that this process, in order to to teach ourselves like this skill, we have to go through all of those things that metaphorically we have to go through in our life in order to succeed. Like in order Mm -hmm. to create this scarf and have it in our hand, We have to be open for failure. We have to stop judging ourselves. We have to stop scrolling, like try knitting and scrolling at the same time, like impossible, (laughs) right? (laughs) And, you know, there are so many metaphors to, you know, self-growth, self-development in that process that I'm still digging out this gold out of it. But one thing that I would leave you with is this idea that if you like do something tangible with your hands, we're kind of, you know, pre-wired for that. We have this irrational satisfaction when we see a tangible Mm. proof of our work, especially now when we all work in front of computers and like we click all day and there's no result, right? Like we just close the computer and we don't see it in a way. There is this magic in that. And when you take that into consciously putting yourself in this, yeah, I can do it state, like this frame of mind, I promise you, like each time I do a scarf, I also think about some mental goals, like, and the Mm -hmm. satisfaction that I get when I finish the project, a scarf, a cup or something, it just oozes out into mental state. And it comes so easy to build this resistance, not to give up, be aware that failure is a part of a process, like, and it's so easy then to kind of cope with the reality. So I kind of see there's still some more to discover in that yeah you live in poland bordering Mm. ukraine something in the news it's it must be affecting the mood of the country how do we keep dreaming and growing when we've got such painful experiences around us what would what advice would you give as someone living so close to what's going on yeah, thank you for that question. You know, that's a burden we we have also as a, a crafting community because in a way we've got this influx over a million of Ukrainians mm-hmm. just just came to our country just like that from day to day. Mm-hmm. And we have them and my kids school there are new Ukrainian kids and we have like new neighbors and you know helping those people is going to become our DNA like from day 1 to day 2. And in a way, what I saw also in myself was this pause, this this being frozen for a moment, like, what now? How do we, we approach it? Like, how do you talk to a person that just saw her husband dying? Like, how do you do that? Like, 
And to me, that was really difficult. But again, I turned into handmade. And it might sound funny, but in those, you know, trivial, small, little things that we can do, like even like creating like scars, we've been like knitting scars and giving them to Ukrainians standing on the border, like in this frost, like with those little kids. And there is this huge, you know, community just sending over those because we just sit at home and we love knitting and we always have a lot of those things like for presents and gifts and just sending that over there also gave us proof that we can put this love and like put it into those people like that's the way we can help but to me it's also about sending this message that being this heroic person that could build this normality for those people you know there are neighbors like laughing at us like ah you're trying to do crafting workshop for those people like like there's there are better ways to help and I was like shit you know we shouldn't compare and like we had this sprint this helping sprint and we're all burned out now but we're gonna need a marathon like a turbo marathon like ultra marathon of helping and i feel that those crafting workshops the idea of having our hands busy in order to let our head like process all of that and accept that something changed and it won't go back to what it was is a tool. So to me, again, using what we have, having the knowledge and the way we supported people through um, through COVID, through those hardships, in a way, that's a tool that we've gained. And we could just delicately adapt it to those crazy times and use it in order to help. And to me, that's a help that's going to be a marathon, not just mm-hmm. this short sprint, but that's going to be a really long term plus you know looking from a perspective of our like industry handmade industry eastern handmade is like a magnificent world to discover so to me personally that's going to be a mission to maybe show those beautiful ukrainians pieces of art Mm -hmm. and introduce them to the world like i've got all the tools now it's just a matter of figuring out the platform to do it yeah Mm -hmm. How do you see your work changing and shaping and informing women in leadership in your communities and country? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. You know, to me, it's all all about being truthful to myself and like every day proving myself that the, the strength comes from within. Like I obviously look at like leaders, what they do, and like we look up to certain people But I discovered that the more I can sink into myself, ask myself a question like, what would you do? Like, what are your Mm. values? Are you living like according to them? Are you leading your community according to them? It's giving me such a strength, so, so like such a power that I never experienced in my life. Also in the role of a mom, of a sister, of like a... Even now, like my godmother just died and like I see how our family got infected with with that. We've been just waiting. She, that was a long process. But, you know, I'm amazed how strong I am in this situation because I'm drawing mm. this source from within. Like it's mm. OK to be OK with that, to just accept that, not to be in a huge mourning and pause my life. Right. And I try to ooze that into our communities, everybody I could touch, like the moment you discover that it's okay to be you, like wholeheartedly, unapologetically, 
you gain this huge power and you can really lead like and it doesn't have to be pretending you don't have to be strong you don't have to be this and this and that it's just coming naturally and it really is like to, to me that's a true leadership that's why I so admire what you do because you get this talent to bring out the best in people and like scratch what is on surface and discover this gold <laughs> that is inside yeah, yeah. absolutely I want to honour you and thank you for your leadership in your huge community over there. You're very humble you. and you're, you're a shining light over, you know, in your world, in your country. And I just want to honour you and thank you for that. And I'm so glad to show off about you. Thank you so much. What would you like to, at the end of your life, um, to have been known for, to uh, have made people smile for? Yeah, I would invite to think about things that you do with your hands, like think of crafting and handmade, not only, you know, knitting, sculpting, all things crafty, but whenever you cut your veggies for your soup or you, mm. I don't know, clean your table before starting all those damn Zoom calls, right? Think of it as a moment where you can pause, be in your body, connect to your hands, do something with your hands and allow your head to process what is happening. So that could be just one thing to get from this talk, be with your body, like mm -hmm. accept that it's a powerful tool to allow your mind to, you know, be really who you are. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Marilyn. That was a huge pleasure. Thank you so much.